0: Grace and peace to you and welcome in the name of the Lord. You are welcome here if you are nearby or far away, if you are a first-time visitor or if you are with us every week. You are welcome no matter who you love, what you look like, or where you live. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here at the United Congregational Church. We're so glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. I have a couple of quick announcements. Um, First, in two weeks, uh, we will have our quarterly meeting Sunday, September 20th just following worship. You will get a Zoom link in your email, and we're happy to provide you uh, with a number to call in if you prefer to call in on the phone. Please also uh, join us next weekend for our kickoff worship service um, for our first in-person worship service since this pandemic begun. We are going to meet at the Town Landing in Little Compton uh, at 5 p.m. on Saturday, September 12th. We hope that you will join us if you are able. And now, without any further ado, let us worship God. I invite you into a time of prayer. As we join in the spirit of prayer, I ask that you breathe in and out. Be aware of the seat that holds you, and be aware of the spirit and the air filling your lungs and your belly. Let go of anything that is distracting you and be fully present here with this community of God's people as we worship. God of glory, on the first day you began creation, bringing light out of darkness and loosing love on the world. On the first day you began your new creation, raising Christ Jesus out of the darkness of death and breaking every chain. On this Lord's day, grant that we the people you have made your own by water and spirit, may rest in awe, wonder, and praise of you. We pray in the name and presence of Jesus, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven.
1: Chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. The second reading is Matthew chapter 11 verses 1 through 14. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, "Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath." He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him or his companions to eat, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and yet are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath.
0: The foundational story of the Hebrew Scriptures, our Old Testament, is the Exodus. The story of our God delivering the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. That path from slavery to freedom was long. God appoints Moses to lead his people, and God performs genuine miracles to provide for them on their journey, parting the Red Sea, bread from heaven, water from rocks. But after all of that, the people cannot seem to trust God, even letting their anxieties turn into open rebellion against God and Moses. They want a return to slavery. As a result, they spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness before they finally realize their freedom in the Promised Land. At the beginning of their journey, God gives them Ten Commandments, a rule of life for them to follow now that they are free people, with no master, no Lord except God. Biblical commentator and pastor Kara Root writes that the commandments help take the people out of slavery. But one of them, the Sabbath commandment, is different. It is meant to take the slavery out of the people. After 400 years of enslavement, it is going to take this intentional practice, setting aside time one day every week, for the people to learn and remember, not just with their minds, but with their whole bodies and souls, that they are no longer slaves. Root writes, This is the hardest lesson to absorb, so we have to do it regularly. We have to regularly step out of the mindset and activity of the world around us, the measuring, comparing, competing, striving, producing, and consuming. We have to regularly stop doing and practice just being. Being fully human, who God created us to be. Not valued for what we do, or what we produce, how we succeed, or what we earn, but for simply being, as God made us, God's beloved children. In other words, Sabbath is the physical embodiment of our freedom from all the people or things that normally own our time. My friends, I am beginning to believe that Sabbath may be the most important of all the commandments. Because without it, I don't know that we have much chance of keeping the rest of them. This sacred time set apart from work and commerce and worry is the space in which our relationship to God can deepen. It is the space that allows us to let go of our relationships to our neighbors in terms of competition or productivity or comparison, and to remember our common humanity. Sabbath is our much-needed detox from the worst part of our culture, a culture that we absorb all week long. Without Sabbath, we begin to fade away into that culture to lose sight of our place in creation, our interdependence on our fellow humans, and our absolute dependence on our God. Sabbath is not some reward for our hard work, it's not some nice to have afterthought. It is essential to our wholeness and to the wholeness of our community. So today, I invite you. To take the deeply countercultural step of reclaiming Sabbath time, it does not have to be on Sunday, but one day in seven, set aside a sacred time and refrain from working. What does this look like in our modern world? It will look a little different for each of us depending on our particular work or circumstances, but for all of us, it will require us to say several difficult no's. The first no will be to the things and people that normally own our time and our labor. Begin by telling your employer or your customers or your students or whomever relies on you to work that you will not be available on the Sabbath day. Not just that you won't be physically present, because as we have all learned over these past six months, we can work just as hard, many of us harder, while being mostly or completely remote. I give you permission to blame me if it is helpful. Tell those that would own all of your time that your pastor has told you that your spiritual well being depends on you observing a Sabbath. Tell them. You will not be checking email, or your phone, or your texts on that day. And then, take a deep breath and say a prayer to God for strength. Now you have to follow through. Shut off your computer. Shut off your phone. Close your email, your social media. Anything that might possibly communicate to you that you are needed at work. Don't check. This will be very difficult. It will feel uncomfortable because the toxic culture around us will whisper that you are being self indulgent, lazy, but it's a lie. Sabbath is not a vacation, it is a religious observance that puts you in touch with God, your neighbor and creation in ways that are life-giving and soul-saving and necessary. We have neglected this time for too long. It is hard to say no to the powerful culture around us that equates goodness with productivity. But that culture is a lie. And if we do not call it out, if we do not say no, it will own us. Once you have said this difficult no to your work, you have freed yourself from the onus of labor on the Sabbath day. The next step is to say no to the things that might require others to work on the Sabbath. Sabbath is not simply special time for some of us. It is a gift to all of God's children. It is an issue of liberation, a remembrance that we are not slaves. And in this remembrance is also a call to social justice, to demand that no one is a slave, that all people can receive the same rest. Not just the wealthy, all people. This is one reason that traditionally Christians and Jews would refrain from all commerce on the Sabbath. If you go to the supermarket to shop on your Sabbath, you are depending on someone else to work in order for you to rest. Or if you demand your employees, if you are a business owner and you demand that your employees work all seven days, but you take one day off, that isn't Sabbath either. Your Sabbath cannot happen at the expense of another. This is why the commandment specified that the day off was not just for the landowners, but the servants and the slaves, people of all ages and background, immigrants, foreigners, and animals. Last, but not least, on the Sabbath, we say no to anything that might cause worry. It is meant to be a day of rest, prayer, and delight. And so, as much as possible, we want to create the conditions for that to happen. You know what causes you anxiety. If you know that watching the news or balancing your accounts or scrolling through Facebook increases your anxiety, and don't do them on your Sabbath. Now, if you're thinking that this is impossible, it's not. Devout Jews all over our nation do this every week. Their staffs, their bosses, their friends, their landlords learn over time that they are simply not available on that day. If they own a business, their customers know they will be closed on the Sabbath even when it is the best sales day of the year. And the more they enforce this time as sacred in spite of the culture around them, the more they say this time is off-limits, the freer the day becomes for them. Because here is the gift. Sabbath is not so much about what we are saying no to. Those knows are necessary boundaries to create the sacred time to say a resounding and joyful yes. Yes, to praising God for all the blessings we enjoy. Yes, to fully appreciating the beautiful dance of creation that is happening around us. Yes, to enjoying time with our beloved communities, our families of origin or choice. Yes to inspiring music. Yes to soul-filling prayer and life-giving meditation. Sabbath is a yes to delight, to playing or dancing, to feeling the gift of freedom. We are not enslaved. Not to work, not to worry, not to commerce. God has made us free, fully loved, and fully known, even when we are not achieving anything at all, exactly as we are. This is the truth. This is the gift that we discover when we say yes to Sabbath. Amen.
1: Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about our church, we invite you to connect with us on our website, www.ucclittlecompton.org. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find a link to our online donation page in the show notes for this episode. We also invite you to share this podcast and leave us a rating or a review to help others find us. Our piano music is performed by Michael Bauman. And the horn and string music is performed by the Thomas family. In our church, it is our tradition to end every service with this simple blessing God be with you till we meet again. By God's counsel's guide, uphold you. With his sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Go in peace.